Have you ever had a day where you wake up and maybe it's like 3.27 a.m. and you really could go back to sleep? You really want to go back to sleep, but your brain is suddenly awake and your thoughts are online and they are loud. For example, did I follow that report properly at work? Oh shoot, I have to remember that tomorrow is picture day for the kids at school. Am I supposed to bring snacks for Thursday's game? Oh God, I hate it when it's my turn to bring snacks because I never have time to do the homemade thing like the other moms do. I just buy chips and fruit drinks and yeah, I'm the mom that's poisoning your child with chemicals when the other moms bring fresh cut oranges and vitamin water. Ugh. And wait, what are we doing for Thanksgiving this year? I know I'll need to include my sister-in-law, but she drives me crazy and blah, blah, blah. Wow. Yes. As you can see, I have some familiarity with these kinds of thoughts and that's just your to-do list. We didn't even get started talking about the voice in your head that has opinions about yourself. Why did I eat that this weekend? I can never stick to the plan. I've ruined all my progress. I feel like such a failure. My husband is never going to think I'm attractive again. And so on and so on. Today, we are talking about our thoughts, why they are the way they are, and what to do about them. Ready to delve into the nooks and crannies of your mind? Oh, yeah. Let's go. Do you ever feel like you know all the diet rules about eat this, but not that, and so you know what to do, but you just have a hard time actually doing it? I'm here to tell you, you are not the problem. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Welcome to the Confident Body Podcast, where we talk about all the mental and emotional parts of weight loss that diets don't tell you. It's time to step past the shame and the guilt from old diets and stop feeling like you're waiting to lose weight in order to fully participate in life. If you're ready to drop the diet mindset and learn what it takes to truly feel happy and confident in your own skin, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. I love talking about thoughts and questioning our thoughts and being like, is that really a thought I want to keep around? Is it, is it serving me? I remember the first time I began to be aware of the concept that our thoughts are just thoughts and not necessarily true or even that you could, I don't know, choose your thoughts, crazy. The first time was a colleague mentioned a book to me called Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz, quite a lot. That's a tongue twister if you ever had one. Psycho-Cybernetics, basically Dr. Maltz was a plastic surgeon and he helped people with reconstructive surgery, particularly on their face. And he did some experiments learning that with the way people, if they thought about how they looked before actually looking in the mirror after their surgery, they had more positive uh, impressions of their post-surgery look. And it was just really fascinating to read about that. And like, wow, the way we think can actually impact our perception. And then I got turned on to James Allen's book, As a Man Thinketh. And it seemed like this idea that our thoughts create our reality started popping up everywhere for me. Like, for example, John Milton wrote in Paradise Lost, the mind is his own place and in itself can make a heaven of hell or hell of heaven. Or in the Bible, Proverbs 27, sorry, 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. Romans 12, 12, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah, right? And then... Brene Brown rocked my world with the sentence, the story I'm telling myself. Whoa. I was like, wait a second. The story I'm telling, the story I'm telling myself is a story, which means it's not necessarily true. Prior to that, I had never, it had never occurred to me 
to question my thoughts. I mean, why, right? My thoughts are true, of course. But the problem was that generally my thoughts tended towards, here's all the things that are wrong with you. Or, you know that idea will never work, right? Or, I can't believe I was so stupid. Or, remember that time in middle school when you called Jenny Boyd Melissa instead of Jenny? That was very embarrassing. Yeah, things like that. So, first of all, no, it is not your fault. You're not broken. Here's why your brain does that. We naturally have a negativity bias as human beings. Because the cave gal and the cave guy who were always on the lookout for what was wrong were the ones that survived long enough to pass on their genes. So the ones that assumed that Russell in the grass was a tiger, having a false positive, meaning it wasn't actually a tiger, was extremely survivable. However, the cave gal who was like, I'm sure it's fine. Look at this beautiful flower. Her false negative, meaning I'm sure it's not a tiger, but it turned out to be one. Yeah, she didn't make it. (laughs) And so she didn't get to pass on her positive genes, her appreciation of beauty and nature and gratitude. And so the rest of us learned, not learned, but our brains evolved to look for what's wrong. That is our default setting. And I came up with this analogy recently. I was like thinking about it like a radio. Like you remember those old radios back in the days when we were growing up when like you had to tune the dial to the radio station and I confess, I don't really understand how radios work, but I get the concept that all the radio station frequencies are out there and available. I just need to turn the radio dial to to find one to be able to pick it up. But like they're there, you know, 107.5 is just as available as 97.1. I just need to tune my dial to where it is. But I can only hear that station if I tune into it. And our brains, it's almost like our brains are the radio and the default setting is on like 95.3. And it's like our low vibe thoughts. That's our negativity bias. And for most of our lives, we don't even recognize, we don't even realize that there is a radio or that's a, that there is a dial that we can change the station. It's like when we just believe our thoughts are completely true, we're stuck on 95.1. However, somewhere along the way, We get introduced to thought work. We get introduced to the idea of examining our thoughts and the idea that our thoughts are not necessarily true. What? They're only true because of the meaning that we give them. What's more is we can change the dial. We we can adjust our thoughts on purpose, proactively. We can choose to listen to another station. Those thoughts Those radio station thoughts are available to us. It just depends on what you're dialed into in your brain. However, it's like there's this magnet on the radio that that resets the radio back to 95.1 each morning or each, honestly, each minute. And so our brains are naturally going to veer back towards the negative. And when we're first getting into thought work and proactively choosing our thoughts, when we have those negative thoughts again, we're like, oh, crap. Or, oh, shoot, my, my efforts to improve my thoughts didn't work. I failed to move the dial. It must be my fault that I can't hear the other stations because now I'm back in the negative. Have you ever felt this way about weight loss? Like, hey, things are starting to go well, and suddenly your brain slips in and like, oh, what if I regain my weight? What if, what if this is just a fluke? What about the weekend? The weekend's coming. Like, our brains are naturally wired to think about the negative part. But when we're trying proactively to give ourselves credit for progress we're making. And when those negative thoughts come in, we're like, oh, shoot, I'm doing it wrong. But you're not. 
That's just the way the radio of your brain is hardwired. And frankly, we want it that way. We want our brains to be able to protect us from threats and be on the lookout. So, you know, if you're about to get hit by a bus or something, that's a really good thing to be aware of. The thing is, most of the time, thankfully, we're not about to get hit by a bus. And so the threats that our brains perceive are future perceived threats of what if I regain my weight? Or what if this is just a fluke? Or what happens when I go to mom's house this weekend? Once you read the operating manual of your brain, you can realize that the brain is programmed by default to 95.1, and you can learn how to tune the dial into different stations that you want to listen to. But in weight loss, it's not always that simple because of all the diets we've tried in the past and failed. The deck is, the deck, the deck is stacked against us. Over time, our brains developed learned helplessness in regards to weight loss. So what is learned helplessness? I, I've talked about this before, but as a quick recap, Martin Seligman is known as the father of positive psychology. In 1967, he started to do research on instead of mental illness, he wanted to know what, what are the traits of people that are mentally healthy. And he did an experiment with dogs that had a small, you know, like kind of a crate, and there was an electric shock on the floor of the crate. And the shock was accompanied by the sound of a bell. So that over time, the dog learned to react to the sound of the bell, whether or not it had been shocked, even after the shock was removed. Next, he put the dog in a crate with a small divider down the middle. So the dog could see over the divider, he could get over it if he wanted to. And on one side of the divider, the floor was mildly electrified and the other side, it was not. When the dog felt the shock on one side of the divider, you would think that it would move to an area that was safe. But the crazy part is that the dogs that were conditioned to the shock with the bell just laid down and whimpered. They did not even look for an area to find a floor with no part of the floor with no shock. They gave up. The dogs that the dogs that had not been preconditioned to the shock were able to quickly jump over to the non-electrified area of the crate. And he realized that these dogs developed learned helplessness. Over time, he noticed similar patterns in people too. Sometimes people have, you know, persistent failure or a traumatic event and they can develop learned helplessness and convince themselves that nothing will work. So they stop trying. Have you ever felt this way about trying to lose weight? You know, you're working really hard. You've been doing, you've been good all week, but the scale isn't moving. And then you have one night where you go a little overboard and the scale goes up two pounds and it's just enough to make anyone want to give up and feel like there's no use even trying. The crazy part is, if that wasn't bad enough, we end up arguing for our painful stories. We fight to hang on to our painful narrative. Let me give you an example. I had a client who lost weight one week and she came to our session and she was like, well, I lost two pounds this week. And I was like, great. Okay. She said, well, I mean, it's not really because of anything I did. It's just, I think the, the scale, like it was a fluky thing. Maybe, you know, my, I had less water retention or something because diets have never really worked for me long-term. So it'll probably go up next week. What? Why do we do that? Why do we assume any success is not going to last? Here's why. Because our brains do not fight for our happiness. Our brains do not care about our fulfillment and our brains definitely don't care about our weight loss. Our brain fights for what is familiar because what is familiar is safe. 
And even if that old narrative is painful, the brain will gravitate towards that old painful narrative because it is safer than learning to hope and learning to believe in something that might work this time. So when Martin Seligman was doing his research, he began to create a theory around optimistic points of view and pessimistic points of view. And he narrowed it down to sort of three uh, characteristics that could determine whether a person veers towards being optimistic or pessimistic. And they all start with the letter P. So it's personal, pervasive, permanent. Basically, personal. Whatever happened, it's all about me or it's not about me. It's not because of me. Pervasive. This happens all the time with everything or it. this is just a fluke. It never happens. And permanent. This will be like this forever or this is just a one-time thing. So let's, let's, take a, let's look at this from a pessimistic point of view. Let's say something bad happens. I gain weight this week. So personal, we would make it all about me. It is all, it's my fault. I had to overeat. I'm the problem. Pervasive, I always do this. I always mess up my diet. This happens every time. Permanent, it will always be like this. I will never be able to change. I will never be able to lose weight. So that is a pessimistic point of view when something bad happens. Let's say a pessimistic point of view when something good happens, like the example of my client. I lost weight this week. Personal. It's not because of anything I did. It was just a fluke. Pervasive. Well, it's not going to last for long because, uh, you know, my diets never last for long. It's just not a thing. And permanent. It will go back up next week. So for weight loss, for anything in life, for tuning that radio dial, we need to learn to tune into the personal, pervasive, and permanent aspects of the stories we're telling ourselves and switch it to an optimistic point of view. So let's go back through. Optimistic point of view. Something bad happens. Let's say I gain weight this week. Personal. It's not necessarily my fault. Um, you know, I lifted weights yesterday, and so there's probably some micro tears in my muscles. So my body is retaining water, or um, it's that time of the month. You know, it's not my fault. It's not because of what I ate necessarily. We don't assume that I'm the problem. Pervasive. I gained weight this week, but it's not something that always happens. It's just a weird week. You know, next week will be better. And permanent. I'm not going to be destined to be gaining weight for the rest of my life and forever. It's just a a one-time event. It won't always be like this. Okay, let's look at the optimistic point of view when something good happens. I did lose weight this week. Personal, I lost weight this week because of the very clear, tangible action steps I was taking. I made my plan. I went out for a walk. I was drinking my water. It's because of me. Something good happens is pervasive. This is going to, this lasts with everything in my life. Like I do things that make my life better. I enact the processes that help me achieve my goals. This is part of who I am and permanent. I am on the pathway to my goals. This is, this is kind of my destiny that is going to work this time. Learn to tune the radio tile in those three character, those three areas, personal, pervasive, and permanent towards an optimistic point of view. Those radio stations are always available to you. They're out there in the air, in your brain. Recognize that 
you are the one that can control the tuning of the knob on the dial of your brain. Life is not happening to you unless you let it. Choose to decide that life is happening for you by adopting an optimistic mindset with personal, pervasive, and permanent. All right, here is our one tiny confident body action step to put into practice this week. Let me ask you, what's one win you've had recently? Maybe you drank your water yesterday. Maybe you made a plan. Maybe you, those scale went down. Whatever it is, bring a win to mind. Now run it through the three P's. Personal, how is this win because of you and your hard work? Don't put your power outside of yourself. Take ownership for how this win is because of you. Pervasive, how is this win an example of how you show up for yourself in lots of ways and lots of areas of your life? And permanent, how is this win going to keep building and stacking on other wins? I actually got to tell you, I'm pretty excited about our confident body action set for this week. So I would really love to hear if you do this, think of a win and run it through the three P's and figure out how you can optimistically take ownership for it. That would be amazing. Um, Speaking of thoughts, there's an entire section of my book on choosing your thoughts on purpose. So if you've ever found yourself in the negative shame spiral of doom, (laughs) like I have from time to time, check out my book. Just search for You Are a Miracle on Amazon. And before we go, remember, love yourself because the person you talk to the most is you. Choose to let that conversation work for you and to your advantage. The radio station of 107.9 is out there and it's available for you to listen to. You just need to turn your mental dial towards it and tune into it and enjoy the song. And if you really want to blow things out of the water, tune into the song of your heart. That sweet, soft whisper that comes straight from the divine saying, you are a miracle. All right, that's what I've got for you this week. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening today. Seriously, I know it's not a small thing and I genuinely appreciate it and I hope it helped you. Make sure you head on over to confidentbody.coach slash tips and sign up for my seven top tips for little shifts that create big results so that you can start feeling confident in your body right now. I will see you next week. And until then, remember, you are a miracle.